Corinthians, the 12th chapter. And this is a very long passage, but it's also a familiar passage. So you need to listen carefully and watch the screen and read along so you can hear the nuances of this text. The Apostle Paul is writing, My friends, you asked me about spiritual gifts. I want you to remember that before you became followers of the Lord, you were led in all the wrong ways by idols that cannot even talk. Now, I want you to know that if you are led by God's Spirit, you will say, Jesus is Lord, and you will never curse Jesus. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but they come from the same Spirit. There are different ways to serve the Lord, and we can each do different things. Yet the same God works in all of us and helps us in everything we do. The Spirit has given each of us a special way of serving others. Some can speak with wisdom, others can speak with knowledge, but these gifts come from the same Spirit. To others, the Spirit has given great faith or the power to heal the sick or the power to work mighty miracles. Some of us are prophets. Some of us recognize when God's Spirit is present. Others can speak different kinds of languages, and still others can tell us what these languages mean. But it is the Spirit who does all of this and decides which gifts to give each of us. The body of Christ has many different parts, just as any other body. Some of us are Jews, others are Gentiles. Some of us are slaves, others are free. But God's Spirit baptized each of us and made us part of the body of Christ. Now we each drink from the same Spirit. Our bodies don't have just one part. They have many parts. Suppose a foot says, I'm not a hand and therefore I'm not a part of the body. Would the foot not still belong to the body? Or suppose an ear says, I'm not an eye, and so I don't have a part of the body. Wouldn't the ear still belong to the body? If our bodies were only an eye, we couldn't hear a thing. And if they were only ears, we couldn't smell a thing. But God has put all parts of our body together in the way that He has decided is best. The body isn't really a body unless it is more than one part. It takes many parts to make a single body. That's why the eye cannot say it doesn't need the hands. That's why the head cannot say it doesn't need the feet. In fact, we cannot get along without the parts of the body that seem the weakest. We take special care to dress up some parts of our body. We're modest about our personal parts, but we don't have to be modest about other parts. God put our bodies together in such a way that even the parts that seem the least important are valuable. He did this to make all parts of the body work together smoothly and each part caring about the others. If one part of the body hurts, we hurt all over. If one part of our body is honored, the whole body will be happy. Together, you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of the body. The Word of the Lord. The text that I just read and the text that follows are two of the most common and the most familiar texts that's used in ordination services. Whether it's ordination of elders that we're going to do here in a few minutes, or whether it's ordination of clergy. 
In fact, the truth is, you've heard this so much that unless somebody calls a special attention and asks you to listen diligently somewhere in the midst of it, you just turn off your hearing and say, I've heard all that. But we really do need to listen because we need to understand the context in which the Apostle Paul is writing. And the truth is, it's not a pleasant context. For the church in Corinth is a church in the middle of crisis. There are a few members in the church in Corinth who feel like their gifts are superior to everybody else's and everybody else is inferior. There are among these same folks any number who feel that their social position, their wealth, their power in the community makes them superior. And so the church in Corinth is a church in crisis. Paul helps to found this church. And he writes this open letter to the Corinthian church in order that this superior, inferior attitude can be understood to have absolutely no place in the church of Jesus Christ. There is a place for the ministry of everybody. God gives every person some kind of unique gifts which are intended not to glorify the individual, but which is intended to build up the rest of the body. And that's Paul's metaphor for the church. That means that your gift is important, vital, I would say. Last week, Paul used the analogy in the text we read about the church being a building. This is the week where Paul uses the analogy of the church as the body. And he talks about God's giving of gifts, the ones he calls spiritual gifts. And he uses that as a stage for us to understand how the church is supposed to work together. Paul, speaking to the church in Corinth, speaking to a church in conflict which pits one against the other. And it seems to be, at least as we read the text, that one of the issues was that those who had the more flamboyant gifts wanted to say that their gifts were, of course, superior to those who had the less flamboyant gifts. Now, my suspicion is, is that this same sort of conflict has existed in all churches down through the centuries and probably exists among us. But it has a curious kind of twist. You see, I don't know many people in this congregation who say, well, I am superior to everybody else. That's not what I see. There may be some, but the truth is we in the church have learned how to handle that. What I see is people within the church who say, Oh, I don't have any gift. There's nothing I can do. God hasn't bestowed gifts on me. And that's just as dangerous and just as detrimental to the life of the church as those who have this superior attitude. The Apostle Paul says it really does apply to the whole church. That everybody has been given gifts. Now, this morning I want to talk about this in three different ways. 
And there are things you've heard before. There's nothing new here. But I want you to listen and ask yourself, what gifts has God given me? Where's God calling me to function? Sometimes people tell me I'm too busy. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm to pick something. But the truth is, God has given gifts and expects us as a part of the church to use those. It's not sufficient to come in and sit on a Sunday morning. We must participate and give those things back to the body as a whole, whatever they may be. The first thing that I would want to lift before you today is that the gifts really are for every believer. That's every one of you. That's not just the elders we're going to ordain here in a few minutes. That's not just clergy. That's every single person. And it is given as a sacred trust that God's bestowed upon you. Now, we understand that God has given all of us various gifts and talents and abilities. Some of them are natural, some of them we've worked for. And that may or may not be the same thing as your spiritual gifts. What Paul holds up for us is a different category for thinking about the gifts we have. And he lists a few of them. Knowledge, wisdom, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy. Those are just a part of the list. The problem that Paul's having, as we've already alluded to, is that the people who have those dramatic gifts are the ones who says, well, mine's better than yours. It's like children on the playground. And surely, to goodness, the church ought to be bigger and better than that. To counter it, Paul does that wonderful 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, the one we call the love chapter, but he does it to say that unless faith, hope, love abide, the other gifts don't matter. Faith, hope, and love are also gifts. And they're gifts that have a much wider distribution than perhaps the others. But Paul refuses to set up a hierarchy of what is superior and what is inferior. All believers, he says, have certain gifts. And in God's view of things, these are pretty much equal. The gifts which God gives are never meant to separate and divide. They're always meant to bring the church together with strength. Now, Paul also knows that we're human creatures and we recognize differences. It's just the way we are. We all have strengths and weaknesses. That's also the way we are. We have our likes. We have our dislikes. God's made us with all sorts of different personalities. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. But as Christians, we're called to a kind of unity in Christ as if we were a part of a single organism that he describes as a body. And very rightly, the church has emphasized, I think especially over the last decade or two, 
that it's important for us to recognize the gifts that are, are, are rare and on the edges that not everybody may have. We want to recognize other points of view, that that's important for the church. Theological diversity can be a thorny issue when you've got one group believing one thing and one group believing something slightly different. But the truth is, it's what makes Presbyterians strong. You know, some churches have a theological road that's about this wide. Presbyterians have a theological road that's about this wide. And there's space for lots of different understandings among us. So Paul's dealing at first here with what we can call unity with diversity. No one speaking by the Holy Spirit can say Jesus is cursed. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Those are the parameters. That's the two ends. You can be a Christian on everything that falls in between, he says. Now, having said that, Paul wants us to understand that God gives us these diverse spiritual gifts. And hear that again, God gives. These gifts may not be the talents you naturally have. Just because you're good with your hands and can fix things may not be your spiritual gift at all. It may be that there's a deeper, more profound spiritual gift, which is the ability to listen, or the ability to comfort, or the ability to see below the surface and see what really causes hurt and harm for somebody else and want to fix it. The second point I don't want to make today is that these gifts, no matter what they are, no matter how diverse they are, they really are given to benefit everybody else. Paul says there are a variety of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. There's a variety of service. It's the same Lord. God activates the gifts in everybody, and they're all given for the common good. It's not enough to proclaim, well, God gave me this wonderful gift. If that gift is not being used for the upbuilding of the church, the body of which we're a part, then we're abusing the gift, not using the gift. Is it good for the rest of the body? That's the criteria. It's for the common good. That's hard for us as individuals. We live in a society that's very individualistic. And we want to think of what builds us up. But the key here is what builds up the body, the common good. And sometimes that comes about when we are so convinced that we are right, whatever it is, that we refuse to listen to the rest of the body who says, you know, there's another opinion here. There's another way to look at this. It's bigger than just one of us. You've got to listen across the spectrum. Ministers love to talk about things like that. We also tend to act sometimes like we don't believe it. 
We think we know what's best for everybody. Trust me, we don't. And sometimes, sometimes we get it wrong. And the congregation gets it right. And we need to learn to listen. The truth is, we all exist in this life, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, because of the kindness and the support of the people around us. Nobody lives in a vacuum. And that's especially true for Christians. We are dependent upon each other. If we have gifts, if they're for the common good, and if you're not exercising them, then the church is missing out. Then this body of believers of which you attend and of which you're a part is losing something important because your voice, your gift, your talent, your spiritual gift isn't being readily used. Wouldn't that be a terrible shame? And that really leads right into the third gift, and it is that there are no unimportant gifts. The ear can't say to the eye, I'm not important because I'm not an eye. You heard this thing. The foot can't say to the hand, yada, 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 yada. The body parts work together. I love the part where he says, and if one part of the body hurts, the rest of the body hurts. You know it's true in your physical body. Have a pain in a tooth and tell me it doesn't hurt all over. But does it really work like that in the church? It's supposed to. We're supposed to care that much about each other. When one part of the body is honored, we're all honored. Shouldn't that be the kind of criteria? We've got to quit thinking in terms of this individualism and start thinking in terms of the big picture of what we contribute to the life of everybody else. That's what Jesus Christ calls us to be. And if we are missing out on your gift, then the body just lost an ear, or an eye, or a big toe, or something. And that's a shame. And we will never be as good as we might be as a church without that. We're going to ordain and install elders today. We ordain in this service. We install in the second service. You have selected these men and women and you've chosen well. But they don't bring all the gifts Theirs is an impossible task without you. If you say, okay, we've elected seven new elders, they and the rest of the session can handle everything. If that's what you think, we're on the downhill slide because it's not going to work like that. They need you. And I hope, I hope, I've instructed them well enough that they're going to come and ask you. But you know, it'd also be nice occasionally if some of you'd volunteer. It's not wrong to volunteer in the church. We'd take that. We really would. 
God has given this church enormous variety of gifts. I truly believe we are in a position to do anything God calls us to do if we'll just decide what it is and go to work. Because the gifts are here. The talent is here. The people power is here. The question is, will we? And so I charge you as a congregation, as well as elders elect, find and use your spiritual gifts. We are the body of Christ. And individually, we are members of it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.